0: Today we are beginning a new series of messages called Unshakable Mission. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking today in Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at three verses. If you grew up in the church, these are verses you're going to be very familiar with. Uh, verses 18 through 20. And uh, this section of scripture is known as the Great Commission. Now we are going through this. I thought this was a great place for us to start concerning our mission because this is where we learn what the mission of the church is. It's where we learn what the mission of believers is to be. And so the important thing is knowing what it is and then knowing how to communicate that. Now I really believe that one of the more difficult things in life is is really communicating uh, successfully with other people. Uh, you know, communicating, talking to other people, it really surprises me how difficult that is. I mean, you can, uh, you can share with people uh, what you think is just very simple, easy instructions, and yet somehow it ends up getting lost in translation. And I don't know how that happens, but it happens all the time. I heard about two guys, they were moving into a house. Uh, one of them was trying to help his friend move a couch, and as they were sitting there, I mean, they're sitting there uh, pushing and pulling and tugging on that couch. And, and after a while, I mean, just not moving at all. And so one of the guys just stands up and he says, man, we are never going to get this couch in the house. And his friend looked at him and said, in the house? I thought we were trying to get it out. Now, that's what happens whenever you don't communicate well. You can work at odds with one another. Now, that's, a, that's sort of a, an easier a minor problem in communication but there are other times when you communicate and the message isn't delivered very well and it can have some catastrophic uh, events or ca- catastrophic problems. Uh, there was a, an ad put in a newspaper and it was for a book that had been released and it said in our book, Skydiving Made Easy, it said please make the following correction in your book. It said on page 12 we have omitted point four b So, point 4A says, altitude awareness is the skydiver's most important task until the parachute opens. So, point 4C says, check your altitude and then look directly below your feet and observe your position over the ground. It says, please ensure you add in point 4B, which is pull the ripcord. And it says, we apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. Now, when you don't communicate well... People can end up getting in trouble. And I I think the same thing also is true and happens with Christians. And, And the message that we are trying to communicate. See, we are given instruction about the message that we are to communicate to the people around us. And that message, really simply, it is the good news of Jesus. That is a message that we are to share And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to examine Jesus' instructions to his followers before he ascended into heaven. And really what we see in these three verses that we're going to look at today is we're just very simply going to see the mission that Jesus has given us. the, The message that we are to share with other people. And so that's why we're looking in Matthew 28, verse number 18 and just as a little background information for this scripture, when Jesus said these words we're going to look at, understand that, that Jesus said these words as the resurrected Jesus. He had already gone to the cross, he'd been put in a grave, and then three days later he gets up, he conquers death. And so then later on, it's when, this is when Jesus shares this message. So Jesus wasn't sharing this message before he's about to die. I mean, he's not sharing this message saying, guys, I'm getting ready to die, so y'all don't forget me. So here's a few instructions. I mean, he is sharing a powerful message as one who has conquered death. And so what I want us to see today is some reasons why the gospel is worth us, the church, sharing with other people. And we're going to see that in our scripture today. The very first thing and the very first reason why the gospel is worth sharing, according to Jesus, it begins with this. It's because the gospel has authority. In other words, the gospel has power. Now look with me in in verse number 18. So this is Jesus speaking here. It says, Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, the word gospel is, uh, if you grew up in the church, it's a word you've heard a ton. And so for all of you uh, who are familiar with this term, y'all tell me, very simply, what does the word gospel mean? Good news. Good job, Allie. So you get a gold star. So yeah, that's exactly, I'm I'm happy y'all know that. So that's what the word means. It just simply means good news now, now here's the important part of that question what what is the good news well here's the good news the good news is that jesus entered into our world he became he was god in flesh and he came and he died on a cross for our sin so that when we commit ourselves to him our debt of sin has been paid by jesus on the cross then we know 3 days later jesus got up from the grave he rose to life he ascended into heaven, and he says, those who follow him so the same thing will happen to you. You will have life forever. Now, does that sound like good news to you all? I mean, somebody says, I have come that you might have life forever, and here's how you have it. Are, are you all all over that message? Is that good? Apparently not. Y'all, come on. That is good news. If you don't think that's good news, you are crazy. That is great news. Now, here's the problem we have. We hear stuff like that, and we think that is a message that sounds almost too good to be true. You know, when I was a kid, it sort of sounds like a comic book deal. It's a a comic book hero. In 1978, the movie Superman came out. I remember going to see it. I was excited about it. Christopher Reeve was Superman. Yeah, I still couldn't figure out how those glasses, I mean, just totally transformed the way he looked. So nobody could tell who he was. And so he becomes Superman, and he's a guy, Superman is able to take, uh, he's able to leap over tall buildings in a single bound. He's he's faster than a speeding bullet. He's got x-ray vision. You shoot at him, bullets bounce off his chest. It's an incredible story, but you become older. And you know what you learn? It's not true. Now, it really didn't happen. There's no such thing as Superman like that. Now, I think some of us, that's exactly what we do with Jesus. And that's a great story for kids. But when you get older, you know there is no such thing as one who came in order to give us eternal life. But Jesus, he's different. His story is different than a comic book. For one, the message of Jesus, it's not some fantasy. Jesus said, if you look in verse number 18... He said, all authority has been given to him. That word authority, it means power. And the authority was given to him by God. And then the key word there is is all authority. All power belongs to Jesus. Now, if all power belongs to Jesus, then it means that everything, there's no such thing as limits when it comes to Jesus. So, well, how... How do we know that he really has all power? Y'all, if you see a person who dies and then they get up from death after three days and they start talking, I don't know about y'all, that's a pretty good sign to me that he has authority, that when he speaks that I ought to listen. Uh, The the movie Lion King is being re-released a little bit different than the cartoon version. I haven't seen the new one. Uh, but you might remember in the, in, the, in the version that first came out, remember the, the, little, the little lion, y'all remember his name? Simba, yeah, y'all are, y'all are culturally relevant. So uh, Simba, uh, Simba's a little lion, and, and he's, uh, he's out, and the hyenas, y'all might remember, they, they sort of chase and they corner him, and because he's a lion, he doesn't know what else to do except for roar. And so when he tries to roar, it's a, it's a little tiny, you know, cub roar. And so whenever the hyenas hear it, you know they, they belly laugh and they're rolling on the ground. But the second time he roars, it's different. And boy, they, they cower in fear and they hunker down. Now, y'all remember why they cowered down the second time he roared? Who, who was behind him when he roared the second time? Mustafa, right? His daddy. Daddy was behind him. Now, daddy gave him authority. Y'all, the same thing is true with Jesus. God the Father gives power and authority to Jesus. So when Jesus said all power belonged to him, everybody knew that it was true because he got up from the grave. See, Jesus spoke about raising from the dead before he actually died. In Matthew uh, 28 verses 5 and 6, Jesus had, had already died. He would spoken of his death, then it happens and it says, But the angel told the women who came to embalm the body of Jesus, said, Don't be afraid, because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he's been resurrected just as he said. So when Jesus is speaking, the words we're looking at today, he's speaking these words after the resurrection, which means that he demonstrated his power. And that is goodness. You share the message of Jesus because it has power. Now, I, I see a lot of people today who who give a good message. But they don't really live it. You know, I, I see people they will oversell themselves and what they can do. They'll oversell themselves and you know, uh, you know, in what kind of uh, you know what kind of influence they have in their job, or they will oversell themselves and how good of a golfer they are. You know, that sounds good, and then, and then you go play with them, and you're like, why is it every time I play with them, this is the worst round of their life? And so, you know, just a lot of different things you learn. So as you get older, here's, what I'm, here's what's happening to me. I'm getting older, and so as I get older, I don't put a whole lot of stock in just what people say. I put stock in what people actually do. Jesus said he would conquer death. And then everything points to the fact that that is exactly what Jesus did. And because he did it, it gives him authority concerning what he says. So whenever Jesus speaks to you and you look into his word and he gives promises, you can hang on to those promises because he has authority. So the gospel is worth sharing. And it's worth sharing because the gospel has authority. But another reason why the gospel is worth sharing is because the gospel is inclusive. And I really think that surprises a lot of people. I mean, look with me in verse number 19. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. My, my guess is that when most people view or think of Christianity and the church, they think of it, well, it's a bunch of people who are really good people, and they want to keep everybody else out of it. They don't want people to come in and mess up you know, the perfection that we have going on in here. And so all of us, when we hear stuff like that, we just sort of chuckle because we know who's in here, right? And so it's like, so is that is that is that what the message of Jesus is for? Is it only for good people. Well, if you have that view, it's not a biblical view. If you go back and look in verse number 19, he told his followers to go and make disciples. So if you have your Bible, who are we to make disciples of? It says all nations. That, that was a radical statement for this day. It was a radical statement even for those in the Jewish faith because the, the chosen people of God is the Jewish people. I mean, go back to Genesis chapter 12 when God calls Abram, and he becomes Abraham, and he says, the Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house, to the land I will show you, and I will make you and your people into a great nation. Jesus uh, understood that God's relationship with the Jewish people was special. As a matter of fact, if you look in the New Testament, in Matthew 10, 5-7, that's what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, don't take the road leading to other nations and don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, he said, you bring this message to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, announce this, the kingdom of heaven has come near. So it's an exclusive message, but but something became very different. You know what it was? The cross. Jesus went to the cross and he became a sacrifice for the sin of all men. So those who entrust their lives to him can have freedom. And whenever that happened, when Jesus went to the cross, in the, in the Jewish temple, there was this place called the Holy of Holies. And there was a curtain that separated it from the rest of the temple. Once a year, the high priest would go into that area to make a sacrifice for the sin of the Jewish nation. But when Jesus died on the cross, we're told something interesting happened. In Matthew 27, 50-51, it says, Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit, and suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The barrier that stood between God and man opened up, so that now we have access to God. Well, who has access to God? Just good people? Just Jewish people? Not everybody. Jesus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you see the word? It says whosoever. Now, that, that's a, that is an inclusive word, whosoever. And so uh, just think about that for a second. I, I, uh, I read this. I thought this was interesting. It says the gospel, the goodness of Jesus, it is exclusive In that the good news isn't applicable to everyone, so it's exclusive in that way. But it's inclusive in that it's available to everyone. Does that make sense? Not yet. You might say, not not yet. Let me try. Let me try to explain it like this. Um, I think all of us know this. All of us know that exercise, or at least we've been told this, exercise is good for us. Right? We should exercise. Make your body healthier. Keeps you active. All these different things. So exercise is good. You know. You know how many Americans are actively engaged in exercise on a regular basis. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. That means, and then you can look at that. And if we looked at it like we do sometimes, the gospel would say, "Well, eighty percent of people are getting the short end of the stick on exercise. That's not fair, right? I mean, eighty percent of people aren't aren't. Nothing's happening for them on concerning exercise. Now." Is that because that exercise isn't available to all people? No, if you you can exercise if you want to, I mean, you have a choice. But but it's not applicable to everyone because not everyone chooses to do it. Now, why is that? Other than the fact that it's you know horrible. I mean, why is it, why do people not want to exercise? Well, because we'd we'd rather just not do it, you know? It's just a whole lot easier. It's a lot easier to sit down, and this is for me. I mean, it's a lot easier for me to sit down and say, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to watch television, and I'm going to eat ho-hos and ding-dongs all day today. I mean, I'm all for that. Uh, Now, a lot of people do the same thing with the message of Jesus. Now, why don't all people follow Jesus? Because, y'all, if you follow Jesus, it demands something of you. It demands your life. It demands you turning away from those things that you sometimes that you just you're just naturally the things of the flesh that you are naturally drawn to but but is it is it beneficial for you to follow Jesus well man you better believe it remember this is good news it's good news it is life eternal I mean, when John the Baptist first saw Jesus in John 1.29, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's good news. So, so why is the good news worth sharing? It has authority. You know, it is powerful. It is inclusive. And then here's the last thing. The gospel is worth sharing because it is eternal. Now look with me. It's the last verse I'll read, verse number 20. So Jesus tells them to make disciples. And he says, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The golden Buddha is uh, one of Bangkok's most you know, famous treasures that they have. So there's a picture of it. It's, uh, it's, let's see, it stands, I think it's 10 feet tall, weighs 5 and a half tons, and it's solid gold. Now, it was made in the 12th century. I think it was made in the 1200s, uh, so was that the, uh, the 11th century? Uh, so that's when they think that it was made. Uh, but not long after it been made, and so it was in a temple, there was uh, an army coming from Burma that was coming towards that temple. They didn't know about this golden Buddha, and so the monks did not want it to be stolen. And so they wanted to protect it. Well, it's so, but you can't just like pick that thing up and move it. I mean, it was five and a half tons. And so they got mud, and they plastered over the Golden Buddha. So whenever the uh, army from Burma came in, they saw it, they didn't think anything about it, they ended up killing all the monks. So the secret of what was under that, uh, that, that mud never got out because all the monks were killed. stayed that way until the 1950s. So 1200s, 1950s, nobody knows what's underneath the mud. They, they, they got a crane to come and They were going to relocate it into a new temple in Bangkok. So they took it there. As they, were, as they were putting it down, as the crane was lowering it, it came down a little fast, hit the ground, and a little piece of it chipped off at the bottom of the Golden Buddha. And there happened to be a priest there. And he looked, and he noticed something was shining. And he rubbed it, and he discovered underneath that plaster was solid gold. Now, I hear stories like that, and I think, why can't that happen to me? You know, I rub it off, and it just collapses and falls apart. Uh, So, so anyway, so that that it's an incredible treasure. Okay, so here's here's I'm trying to make a point here. The gospel message of Jesus has been plastered over with mud for years, and we have people who will tell us, "Yeah, Christianity. I mean, it's uh, the whole story about Jesus. It's a nice story." You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good moral teachings, but don't take it too seriously. You know, we'll have academics who will tell us that, you know, Jesus was a moral man, but he surely he surely he, he was not, he was not the Son of God. And we'll have others, I mean, sometimes you can even see pastors who will teach that, you know, what, it's important that you listen to Jesus, but but listen, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter what you believe, because everybody is going to go to the same place anyway. And we have the world that teaches us that the things of Jesus, the teachings, are antiquated, that they don't matter, that it's old-fashioned, that you need to free yourself from those kinds of teachings. And then what's happened is we have a, we have a generation of people who are living, going through life, thinking, "Well, hey, life doesn't matter, that it's hopeless, that it's pointless, that there's no power in living. You know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. So we're just going to live for today, and then forget about the rest of it. And then I look at verse number 20, and I look at verse 20, and Jesus says, remember. What, what am I to remember? He says, remember that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think a lot of us have forgotten that. Jesus is always with us. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is here. And he matters. Don't forget this. He has all authority. Don't forget that he is after you. No matter where you're from, no matter what you believe, no matter what color you are, he is after you. Because he loves you. You know, about every other year, we we end up taking a, we take a trip to Israel, and whenever we go to Israel, we always go, uh, we go in December, and so the, the late December, early January, and so I'm a football fan, so what that means is I'm in Israel when the big bowl games are happening, and uh, now some of you smart Alec Clemson fans have already heard this, well that shouldn't affect you because you're a Gamecock fan, all right, ha ha ha, so, uh, so here's the thing, so we, uh, we'll be over there in Israel, and the last time I was there, uh, Carolina was playing Michigan in the Outback Bowl and uh, so my boys were texting me so seven hours ahead in Israel my boys were texting me telling me the score and I'm following it okay, it's, like, it's getting close to halftime it's 19 to 3 y'all remember this game Michigan's winning and I'm because I'm a Gamecock fan I was like I'm not paying any more attention and I'm not gonna, I don't care and so I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and Carolina has won the game oh it's one of those amazing things, right? And uh, so we we uh, we came back home. I couldn't wa- I couldn't wait to watch the game. So I got back home, and it was on YouTube. You could pull up on YouTube, and my son Glenn uh, you know, showed me this. And so I, I sat down with Glenn, and we watched Carolina play that game. Like, for y'all, the first y'all if, if you saw y'all saw, I didn't see it. You saw the first day. It was awful. I mean, it was like you know turnovers, penalties, and I'm sitting there now. Here, but I watch here's how I watched the game. I saw the turnovers, penalties. Like I'm not worried about. It. Yeah, you know, I sat there. I was like, "Yeah, this is terrible. I can't. I can't believe he did that." But it's gonna be okay. So second half comes, and it's a totally different game. It was so enjoyable. I loved it. We're getting killed first half. I was never worried. You know why I was never worried? I knew we were gonna win. Y'all, that's Jesus. Yeah, knowing that the, here, he has all authority. He is. He will be victorious. So that means that that should enable you and me to be able to go through all the turnovers, all the disappointments, all the bad calls that we make in life and be able to say, you know what, thank God there will be a second half because Jesus will win. That is good news. And Village Church, we have been called to share that. It is evident, and it's been true for a long time, but it is evident in the last day and a half, we live in darkness. And Jesus has called you and me and the church around the world to be the light and share good news. The world needs good news. Why is it good news? It's the reason for me sharing it. The so good news, it has power and authority. It is inclusive and it is eternal. So, well, that's great. Now, how do we, what do we do with that? I just, I just want to suggest a couple things we can do. We're going to share the good news. We're going to be doing this for the rest of this month. But if we're going to share good news, first of all, you need, we need to pray. And I want to encourage you to pray, one, for, for God to put somebody on your heart who needs him. And you might already know somebody. Who needs Jesus. And if that's the case, then I want you to pray that God will give you good favor with that person. That God will open the door for you to share with them what Jesus means to you. Not being weird, just share, what does Jesus mean to me? And then you pray and ask God to give you the opportunity you, to invite somebody to come to your small group, your V group, or to, to come to the worship service. Because in those places, they're going to hear the gospel. And then you pray and say, God, save that person. That's how it begins. And so what I'd like for us to do, just very simply, I'd like for us to bow our heads and to close our eyes. You know, let's do that as a church family. Let's just simply pray. Now, if you don't know of anybody specifically right now, you pray. Say, Lord, put someone on my heart who needs you maybe more specifically you know somebody, you pray for that person, say Lord I pray for this person that you will give me good favor with them, and give me boldness to be a friend to them to invite them to come with me where they can hear the goodness of Jesus and then pray that God will save them Heavenly Father, I am am grateful for good news. Jesus, I am grateful that you sent family members into my life, people into my life who shared with me the good news of Jesus. And Lord, because of that, my life is different. My life has hope, has purpose. God, it, it will be eternal. So, Lord, for those of us who have experienced the good news of Jesus, I pray that we will not hoard that message for ourselves, but, God, may we share it with others, that their lives might be changed as well. And so, Jesus, we just pray together that as a church, we will be a church that shares good news, the gospel of Jesus. And I pray these things in Christ's name.